The Hell on Wheels Garage Build Podcast is recorded live in the Law Friend Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida, personal injury attorneys. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN. That's 1-866-LAW-FRAN. Serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. You're a craftsman, so you spend a little bit extra for tools made in the USA and guaranteed for life. Why should your workwear be any different? Let's face it, you work in some tough situations. You need tough workwear that works with you, not against you. 1620 Workwear builds the toughest, most comfortable workwear right here in the USA. The science is in the fabric, from fit and finish to comfort. 1620 Workwear has a fit for almost any environment, no matter your trade. 1620 Workwear is ready to go to work right away and needs no break-in period. It's also guaranteed for life. Visit www.1620usa.com or follow on Instagram at 1620USA. 1620 Workwear, American-made and guaranteed for life. Hello, Garage Build Podcast listeners. I'd like to talk to you today about a product that I use every single day, and I'm proud to be associated with it. It's a company called Fix Your Lid, and they make grooming products that are available at all Target stores or online at Target.com. Here's what you need to know about Fix Your Lid. Their most important claim is that they source every one of their raw materials in the United States down to the boxes they arrive in. Basically, if it's made in another country, they will refuse it, even if that means spending significantly more money to do so. I use their shampoo and their pomade, but they also make conditioners and hair gels. And most of their products are available in trial sizes or travel sizes, whichever you choose. And they're not going to break the bank. Again, these are made in the United States of America, all the way down to the raw materials and even the raw materials to make their packaging. So go to Target.com or follow Fix Your Lid on Instagram at Fix Your Lid and get yourself some high-quality grooming products made in the good old U.S. of A. today. Badlands Lighting Modules has brought American-made products and values to your garage for over 30 years with the best products and best warranty available in the industry. And since 1999, NAMS Custom Cycle Products has created American-made wiring solutions for builders and bikers alike. Today, Electric Lighting Company Products offers the best in aftermarket lighting for your Harley-Davidson Indian or custom-built motorcycle, period. Visit your local electric lighting dealer or electriclighting.com. That's electric, L-E-T-R-I-C, lighting.com. Welcome back to the Helen Wheels Garage Built Podcast, episode 41, with my special guest, Eric Runyon from Gears and Glory in Riverview, Florida. He's also the show promoter for Chop-O-Rama, and we were glad to have him as a guest. He's a motorcycle industry photographer. So we sat down and chopped up about events he has coming up, some of the events he's put on in the past, and some of his thoughts on the motorcycle industry. As always, make sure you visit our sponsors. If you're looking for personal injury attorney assistance, make sure you visit my friend Fran Hosh. The law office is a Fran Hosh in Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN for personal injury assistance. She's been serving the biker community in Tampa Bay for over 20 years. Also, make sure you visit 1620usa.com for the absolute best workwear on the planet 
made in the USA, lifetime warranty. Make sure you use your discount code GarageBuilt at checkout to save 20%. Make sure you're checking out the folks at Electric Lighting Company and NAMS and Badlands. Those three companies together make up all of the electronics that you need on your custom motorcycle project. They are the best in the business and they've been in business for a very, very long time. Also, fix your lid grooming products available at all Target stores. As you well know, I use them every single day myself. I'm a huge fan of the extra hold pomade. So episode 41 is on its way to you. I had to do a lot of editing here because I brought my dogs to work that day and they were getting after each other. So it was problematic for me in the edit studio. But I hope you enjoy the episode and have a great day. Side is right. There you go. There we go. Can you hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself. You got enough volume? I think so. And then obviously the the key here is to try to keep this about a fist away from your face, just so you can get good audio. Yeah. You know. All right. Cool. So uh, thank you for coming down. I appreciate you coming down. I know it's it's like a weird thing to ask somebody to do, especially when you don't know them. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm down for anybody that's in the business. I mean, it's that's what unites us all, isn't it? Yeah, right. I mean, so I'm sitting here with uh, with Eric Runyon from Choporama, right? Gears yeah, and Glory. Yeah. I mean, how do how how do you what do you go by? What is your professional well, I mean, moniker? Instagram. I'm on Gears and Glory. I've had Gears and Glory for six or seven years. Um, I started Choporama a year ago, a little over a year ago. Okay. First show was in 2000. Was it 2019? Okay, 20, so that was last year at Gibtown, yeah, right? Yeah, or last year at Gibtown. Yeah. Yep. Very good. So, last winter. Yeah, last winter. So I, I, I uh, born to ride media. Yep. Needed somebody to help them out, and uh, they have a big space out there. And they said, "Do you think you can? Is there anything you think you could do?" And I said, "Yeah, I got some friends. Made some good friends here the last few years, and 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 I think South, I think Southeast United States is dying for a big chopper show. You know, it is, and that's why we do our we. That's why I wanted to do our show that we do. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Wheels of Steel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my buddy Jared's going to be there. Oh, Your we- buddy's with Jared Weems. Yeah, yeah, he lives right down the street from me. Yeah, he's a good dude. I've had him on the podcast two different times. Yes, yes. And uh, he's he's great. Uh, the fact that he's given that bike away, notwithstanding, I mean, the bike itself is is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal bike. It's beautiful. You know, we, we have plans to uh, go out to um, uh, Chopper Fest in December, and we're going to recreate that man photo. Yeah. The man, the man design. Right, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I kind of happened upon him by accident. Like I said, he lives a mile and a half down the road from me, and I kind of think the like to think I'm dialed into the chopper community, especially in the Florida area. And I saw that, you know, he was building that bike, and I said, hey, I noticed you're in Tampa. Where are you? And he told me, and he said, come on down. And we've been pretty good friends ever since. So we, we were working on a project for Easy Rider together, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and he decided to give that bike away. And um <laughs> My dogs are not going to cooperate with me. I get it, man. It's all good. So they're dogs. What are you going to do? You know, man's best friend. Better, better, better friends than some some men have been. Some people. Well, dogs are loyal. <laughs> dogs are loyal. 
and royal pains in the ass. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, the chopper community, you said that like thought you were dialed into the chopper community. Yeah. I felt like that for a long time that, you know, you've, you think, you know, somebody, you think, you know, every, all the players in the game and where everybody's at. And then you find out that, uh, that they're not, see, this is not going to work like this. <laughs> Dude, keep on trying, man. We'll this keep on is the trying. Hardest thing I've ever tried to do. It's the easiest thing, like to get done. Yeah. But doing actually getting this part of it parsed out, and not having other fucking distractions. Yeah. Getting people to understand that this is a fucking job. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's just like taking pictures. You know, photography. People think, oh, it's a, it's all you do is just show up and a beautiful girl's there if you're shooting with a model and everything falls into place and there's no work involved. But in in truth, when you see those pictures on Instagram on, on Gears and Glory or Chopperama. I've got three to five weeks planning and preparation into those. Yeah, things. and all those shoots. So shoots can be arduous, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, it's work, man. You know, I, I get lots of offers for people to help me out and be assistants. But uh, like like you said, with with this, it's people just don't really understand all the work that goes behind it. Yeah, you think, you can, well, because it, it looks easy. You know, but keeping the and and it's just having a conversation, right? But it's having a substantive a substantive conversation is much different than just having a conversation, right? You're trying right. to find out, get get pulled out into get things pulled out into the in, to create content and to try to create conversational things. So we were talking about being dialed into a chopper scene or dialed into the you know because I'm I, I'm I'm not big in the FXR scene or the Dynasty scene necessarily, but. That's the scene that I most uh, th that I spend most of my time around. Like I, you know, yeah. I love going to all the FXR shows, um, the V Twin Visionary shows. You know, I'm a good friend with uh, with Jeff Holt. Okay. My buddy Cody Childress built um, he built an FXR that won the FXR show two times. You know, he had redone it one year and won it again, and then he just won the Dyna Mixer this year too. So uh, with a different bike. So it's you know that's kind of the crowd that I orbit in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just try to try to participate in that as much as possible. But I like those bikes. I always have. I've always been a nut for that. You know, I, I love choppers. Oh, yeah, man. I, I love the history. You know, there's a spirit and a soul for those old bikes. And uh, it's not that I don't like the new stuff that's coming out, but I don't know. Maybe it just, you know, what I like about those bikes is I can remember being a 10-year-old kid, my dad wanting more than anything to go out and buy a Harley-Davidson. Right. And those were the AMF years. And right. The shovelhead years. and. And uh, we would go to Harley Davidson at least once a week and look at these bikes and drool over them drool and over wish them you could and have them. He talked to his friends about them, and then here we are, you know, 30, 40 years later, and um, those very bikes, those shovelhead AMF era bikes, are just what everybody's all about, you know. And I kind of get that. I think you talk to um, an old timer uh, that's into motorcycles and building and whatnot, and you know, a few years ago, you'd, you'd ask their opinion about a shovelhead, and they said, "Well, do you want to run it or do you want to park it?" You know, yeah, exactly. They, they didn't, you know, the, the engineering back then just kind of wasn't up to stuff, and there was a lot of leaks and a lot of issues, <laughs> a lot of fitment issues. And but I think it's the it's the new generation of rider um, that, like me, remembers those memories with their family and those bikes. Right. So that's they they grasp onto that, and um, you know, it's just it, just it's all family. it's all about the family. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got, we were we were talking a lot about, like, kind of the direction we think Harley's going in and the direction that, because even though we don't spend a lot of money at Harley, per se, in our in our circles that we hang out in, right? Right, I mean, right. the bikes originated there, 
Correct. You can't really buy any parts for anything that's not brand new there for all intents and purposes. You know, I mean, they Correct. cycle the parts, the aftermarket parts that Screaming Eagle makes and Harley Davidson makes. They cycle that stuff out so quickly to where it's it's obsolete, you know. And right. and I I understand them doing that, but I don't understand how they can just cut their nose off to spite their face. Well, you know, and the thing is, is they they roll out the the press launches about these brand new bikes, and you keep hoping that this is the one that's going to grab the new generation rider. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. No, that's the, the the new generation rider. It's not cool. <laughs> I'll have to edit that shit out. But yeah, I was wondering if your mics are going to pick that stuff up. Yeah, the mics do. These are great mics. I yep. use a the they're a podcasting mic. I see. But uh, they're they do pick up like other stuff that goes on. You know, if you don't have like a a pretty quiet room. Yeah. I mean, it's designed six of one, half a dozen of the other. You're either going to lose some audio yeah. or you're going to pick up some stuff that you don't want. Well, you know what's going to happen <laughs> is you're going to go back and listen to playback and you're going to hear something you really want to, oh, this will work, and then you'll hear the dogs in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you can't you can't isolate um, you can't isolate the, the sound right. going in out of this machine. This machine is designed specifically for doing this, so you've got to do kind of your edits here. As I far see. as like your levels and stuff, okay. you know. So, I mean, I'm sure you, you do a lot of video stuff too, don't you? I do. I just got into video within the last three years. Gonna, I really had to get into that by um, necessity. Yeah. You know, I, I started shooting the motorcycle in the industry by accident a little over 10 years ago. It was completely by accident. Um, I've always ridden motorcycles, dirt bikes when I was a kid. Always had two or three bikes in the garage. Always loved my bikes, but... Uh, um, um, I, I, I took a bike into a local shop called Santiago Chopper. Oh, yeah. Alan Bernard, who yep. lives up in Tennessee now. He's, he's turned out to be a pretty good friend of mine. But he said, uh, you know, I'm Discovery Channel is going to be here filming for a new show called Cafe Razor. And right. could you just could you come and take pictures behind the scenes for me? And I said, sure. You know, he, he didn't want it for anything except for himself. So sure. This was before, like, Instagram and Twitter and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, the last 10 years has been – if you own any kind of company at all, you've got to be a, a – you've got to have a, a minor in marketing. Exactly. It is, and that's the thing is, you know, um, when I first got into the business and I was working a lot with the production companies with Discovery Channel, just because of my association with Discovery Channel and the work that they've seen on TV, I was booking ten, fifteen, eighteen thousand $18,000 gigs. And that was just for photography. Wow. And then when Instagram came around and social media came around and all the magazines I worked for started diving because of the, you know, all the contents on social media for free now, you know? It so, is. So and the, there's some good and bad in that, right? Right, right You know, right. I mean, I'm on the staff of uh, the Cycle Source magazine, which is, you know, the last man standing as far as a printed chopper magazine. Yes, right? yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's other ones out there, right? But, yeah, but none, like, none is mainstream as right, Cycle Source. Cycle Source is the, the, exactly the last man standing. So, so, you know, it's not the horse. It's not no, Easy Rider. Hot Bike's no, gone. No. American Iron just, just went this summer. Nope, nope, you know, yep, yep. but Chris and, and Heather are still publishing um, a periodical, you know, yeah, handheld, I, which I like. Right, me too. Uh, There's something tangible, you know, having, having that tangible paper in your hand, you know what I mean? Right. You can set it down, and the thing that's beautiful about that is the, the plus side about those old magazines, well, the old magazines, old school. Right. But the, the, the cool thing about having a tangible item in your hand is you can set it down, and then, I don't know if you're like me, but I've got a magazine from... 10, 15 years ago. I have every magazine yeah. that I bought from high so, school on. So, yeah, you can go up. back and look at them and kind of go, oh, wow, that was really I know cool. My, my wife doesn't believe me, but I'm like, the reference materials. Like, I know that sounds, that doesn't even sound reasonable, right? It doesn't sound reasonable at all. 
to somebody who's not into it, but there's no other place. I mean, I'm in an industry that people don't write books about. Like in her right. industry, right? She's she's an educator. Okay. If she wants to learn about something that's going on or that happened or a study that was done, she goes in, into the library or to a data file or something, a book that was written 30 years ago on child psychology, right? Right. Well, I, the only thing I have is an Easy Rider or Horse Magazine or on cars. I was really into cars for a long time. Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forwards, Super Ford Magazine, Hot Rod, Popular Hot yep, Riding. Yep. You know what I mean? Carcraft. I had a Carcraft subscription for probably 15 years. <laughs> you know, I loved getting those magazines right. in the mail. I loved that. And, yep. and for that to be something that maybe we don't have the ability to, to look forward to in the future is a, a little sobering. For lack of a better better yeah. term, yeah, you know that's. I kind of feel I feel uh, a little bit inside, kind of gets uh, sad a little bit when you hear up. You know, you'll be at an event or you'll be talking to somebody else in the industry, and oh, another one bit the dust yesterday. You yeah. know, another one bit the dust last week. So I just heard today that you know the uh, the new Easy Riders, yeah. the, the Gene Company that bought the name. Yeah, uh, I heard that they were. I heard as of yesterday they're folding for good. It it's wouldn't surprise it's basically me. Basically, a website now. Listen, that is. Um, uh, I don't know how to. I don't even know how to rationalize how somebody could look at that and um, think that that was a uh, people with a lot of money. Fucking amaze me because I've watched people with a lot of money throw a lot of money away into things that there is absolutely no way of creating a return. Right. You know, like. Um, if somebody like myself or yourself had bought Easy Riders, we're part of that community. Oh, yeah. We know what the essence of that magazine was every month. You know, it was pro-club. It was, you know, it was not necessarily pro-law enforcement. It was, you know, titties and beer and parties and tattoos and all the things that, you know, are kind of uh, anymore, especially in the cancel culture that we live in nowadays, not really, uh, you know, not safe for work or, right, right, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know how else to put it, you Correct. know, put it into terms, but to think that you could just buy something and, uh, and just call it the same thing and have it be that different. I mean, did you see what some of the issues were selling for online of oh. the, of the one that came out? Um, it's got, who's that? It's got a famous actor on the front yeah, of it. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the guy's, guy's in walking dead or something. Isn't it? I believe he's in yeah. the walking dead, yeah. but so the easy rider, I saw episodes or issues rather of that. Um, I'm looking it up right now as I'm talking to see if there's anything on. Uh, there was. I'm trying to think of what his name was, but um, there there were episodes or issues rather. They were going for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Uh, well, there's one right there. Um, that one's actually pretty cheap. Uh, a number one issue. It just went for twenty two. It just went for twenty two dollars and ninety nine cents, okay, and I can go. tell you that because I just bought it. For <laughs> <laughs> well, they just opened up their store last week with all new T shirts and and you know supposedly new magazines. And you know what was funny about that is I was talking to the editor of Easy Rider about a week and a half ago about about this project I'm working on with Jared, and um, I said, Hey, can you can you send me a copy? Can you send me the new copy? Just you know, for a collector's value and right. me, just because I I want to see. I could go to their website and, and, and see how they they have their content, the style of content and the way they, you know, they, they present themselves. But, hey, just send me one so I can check it out. She's like, oh, we, we can't do that. But 
they'll be on the market. They'll be on our market page here in two days if you want to buy one. Uh, well, Norman Reedus was that guy. There you name. go. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. We kind of got off. Got off a, a little bit. We were talking about originally. We were talking about finding out that you think you're part of a community and you realize that there's this whole other thing. And I and I guess the easiest way to draw a parallel to that is that um, there's some people that I didn't know lived around here. And then all of a sudden I find out that I know them or I know another person or I know them online. That's the funniest thing is when you know somebody online and then they're like, wait, where are you at? You're right here. Right. You know, it's kind of serendipitous when you find that out. And, And it just shows you that the world is small, but there's, there's a lot going on and there's lots of little different circles. And I think the right. internet has a, the ability to, to play a role in that. Right. That you can it, it, it find can, somebody that likes exactly what you like. Right, right. If you're really into 73 iron heads, you can find a group of people that are all into 73 iron heads. Mm-hmm. If that's, if that's what you want, you know? Correct. So, um, tell me a little bit about Chopperama. How did that, I mean, that, that's your brain trust. I, I would assume. Well, yeah. You know, everything that you see, um, I don't, I'm not bragging because besides photography, um, graphic design and a little bit of video, everything else in my life is not, could, could use some work, but yeah, um, Ron over at Born to Ride was talking to me over lunch one time and he said, you know, we, we've got this building over at Gibtown and, um, we, we need to fill it up and we need to do something unique. Right. And he had something set up with another builder out on over by the, over by the bay and it kind of fell through. And I said, well, you know, I've, I've been toss, tossing around the idea for a chopper show for a few years. Right. Uh, or a bike show. Um, with my work, I, I travel extensively, and I'm, I go everywhere from the one show to the hand-built show to Mama Tried to Congregation. Not Definitely not this year, but, you know, that's, that's what keeps me busy, and that's what gets me paid. And um, I just see that there's a, there's a big um, void in the southeast United States, especially – you know, with the, everybody comes down here for the winter months, why don't would we have agree. any? Why doesn't anything, anybody, anything going on down here? So I started conversations with um, I don't know if you know uh, uh, Jason and Herm when they started Dime City Cycles. I don't know. I, I I know who those guys are. I don't yep. know them. Several years ago, and this is probably eight or nine years ago, because this all started up when we started working on Discovery together. But um, we started talking about a bike show. Um, we were at the second second very second hand built show. We were all in uh, Austin talking about it, and I said, let's do it. We need something, you know, we need something. Florida is a perfect place for it. Let's do it. So everybody said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But, you know, the problem is, is a lot of people have ideas, but a lot of people don't want to commit. And Dude, it's so hard to get, get people s- to come to Florida. I don't they, fucking understand it. They get sidetracked. Are so, you from Florida? No, I'm actually from just outside of Detroit. The grew, fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, I grew here about, moved here about 20 years ago. Where are you from? Well, I graduated in Monroe, Michigan. Okay. And then I lived in Rochester, Troy, Auburn Hills, um, all, all around Detroit. <laughs> That's where I'm from. Is it really? Yeah. There I, you go, man. So I, I graduated from Westland John Glenn in 1991. Okay. And we moved down here 10 years ago. Oh, we so. lived in Canton prior okay. to that, but I grew up in Inkster and Garden City, yeah, West Yeah, Island. yep, yep, that's my old stomping grounds. Yep, that's when, when I first moved down here, one of the things that was real hard to get used to, people would say, are you a gator or are you a knoll? I'm like, go blue. Go yeah, blue. right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Wow, that's weird. You're from the same same part of the country as I am. Yeah. Monroe, that's where uh, Christy Brinkley's from. Christy's from Monroe? I didn't know that. Christy Brinkley and General Custer, I do believe. Well, General Custer, that was their claim to fame. I didn't know Christy was from there. Um, 
I'm almost of, positive she's one, born and raised there. One of my old clients is, uh, well, he's a friend of mine, was a friend of mine. I'm not name dropping, but, but J- Billy Joel, mm-hmm. um, um, up in New York, he, he used to have conversations. That's cool. Yeah. Monroe, Michigan, 1954. I didn't realize that. Yep. Wow. Yep. And so that's where lazy boys from too. Right. Lazy boy, <laughs> lazy boy, Monroe shocks. And yep. um, General Custer, that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah. So you've been down here about 20 years. About 20 years. And yep. so you moved down here. Why'd you move down here? I uh, moved down here because of a woman. Okay. Girl, I was in college. Okay. And, you know, I, I was in school as a journalism major. All right. And I was a journalism major because I, the school I went to, which was Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, they didn't have a photography class. They didn't have photography courses. They had like a basic one-on-one class. But uh, I, my, I grew up in a family of photographers. Okay. And so my artistic eye and training has started long before I even went to school. And my junior year at Ball State, I was really serious about this girl who came down from the Disney program. And she was down here in a Christmas break. She said, you need to come down here because of the style of photography that you're best at. You're not going to do it in the middle of Indiana. You need to come down here. And I moved down in, during the spring break and got a job with Universal Studios shooting in, in the entertainment services department. Right. And from there, I started working with um, Hawaiian Tropic and Ron Rice. From there, I started working with Hooters Corporate. So do you know, you know Carrie Rep? I know Carrie Rep, yes. Yep. Yes. She's a good friend of mine. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. yep. Has been for many, many, many years. I met her for the first time um, for um, bike uh, Daytona, just last bike. We did a thing with her over at uh, um, Destination Daytona. Okay, yeah. She's, uh, you know, she used to be, I mean, she was the queen of, 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 bike week i mean she made sure if you were a bike builder mm-hmm. you wanted to know her you wanted to make sure that she knew who you were you wanted to make sure that she had that you had her attention when you know so that when you were ready she could anoint you you know you were capable of going on and, and doing something she she didn't i wouldn't say she made builders but she provided a pulpit for builders that had the, the necessary talents yes already yes. Yep. she gave them somewhere to exhibit their their wares and and show off their talent and she's you know forever been a friend of mine and will be a friend of mine forever because of that but which I, I was never i was never at that level like at the same time she was doing that but i'm trying to pull her back in to, yeah. right now to yep. doing some events she so. came to chaparama yeah we, i ran into her there did you uh, yeah you probably talked to her more than I did. I was really looking forward to meeting her, and I was so dang busy. I think when we, I was walking in the building, and she was walking out the building, it was like, hey, I'm Carrie. Hey, I'm Eric. Nice to meet you. We'll talk later. See you later. Then we saw each other at Daytona and talked for a few minutes, but we were both so busy yeah. that we really didn't have to sit down and have a heart-to-heart. Yeah, that's part of, you know, one of the things that we're, we're looking to put some events together, but I, I'm reticent to or hesitant, rather, to uh, to want to have events because it requires – so much work the day of that I feel like you don't get to enjoy the event at all. And I, I enjoy the events and I'm really cautious about how involved I want to get. I'm not sure, you know, I, we do this, uh, we do this indoor motorcycle show at the RP funding center. It'll be this December 5th and 6th. Okay. It'll be our second year doing it. And we do it for a 501 3C, uh, or 501 C three nonprofit corporation here in, in Polk County. Um, but, uh, so it, I get, to see what it's like to put on an event, mm-hmm. you know, firsthand and how much work it is and the day of, and by the day of, I delegate pretty much everything because I need to be available for the event because I, 
I've invited people from Texas and I've yes. invited people from California and I've invited people from Tennessee and you know, so it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing. Well, but, it was you know. it was an Chaparama was an eye opener for me because once everything was said and done and the, the dust had settled, um, the only thing I really took pictures of is when all the builders came in. I had a studio set up. You did a really I was going to tell you you did a really good job on that. Oh, I thanks. was I really. Those were the first pictures. That was the first time that I had any uh, exposure to your work. And I thought, God dang it. I, it's been so long since I built a chopper. It's been so long since I built something that I feel like really would look good through a lens and worthy of, of doing something like that. And, and you did such nice work with that that honestly, I mean, we all know, you know, the Michael Lichter stuff that gets done for, you yep. know, that used to get done for Easy Rider and that. Mm -hmm. It was it was in that same space. I'm, you know, I, well, I want to be careful that I don't, no, well, you know, I'm, I don't step on any well, no, no, thing there. You. But I, I really felt like um, you had captured the essence of those motorcycles. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it was I'm, really nice photography. I have a, you know, I have as much passion for those motorcycles as I did when I was really shooting girls full time. Yeah. You know, there's, I guess, as we age and our, our, our you know, the things that we like and interest us more change and well, yeah uh, i mean but how many I, I mean did you do did you do nude stuff oh yeah okay yeah i worked for for maxim and playboy and all those other magazines i contributed to those and did a lot of style and you do know, you miss that do you miss that no i mean tell can you can you unpack that i mean you were really fast with the no but i mean like as a man i liked maxim mm -hmm. it was entertainment yep. right i never i'll be honest with you i never really read playboy mm -hmm. i had a couple because they had naked girls in them yep. but I, I read Maxim because there was things to read in there and there weren't, you, there was no nudity. It was right, right, right. up to that edge. Right, right, right. right. Yep. But I, I miss, I miss that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I miss long form. I mean, you know, those long interviews with people, yep. that was the only way you could find out about somebody. Yep. Now they have podcasts and you'll hear, you know, Jenna Jameson on a podcast or right. you'll hear, uh, what was the other girl's name that was Jenny McCarthy? Yep. She was in Maxim on the cover. Yep. Uh, you'll get to hear her occasionally in a podcast and a long form conversation, but without podcasts and then without magazines, you don't get to find out how deep somebody is because a five minute segment on Jimmy Kimmel is, is worthless. Yeah. And it's all marketing anyway. They, yeah. They're know. that person's there because they're plugging something, yeah. you know, you really get to find out about them. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they cut up a couple little jokes that somebody hand feeds them and you don't get to find out how they really are. But when you watch, like, I don't know if you watch, do you do any pod? Do you listen to any podcasts? No, I do listen to podcasts. Um, I, I just started listening, um, a few months ago because it was kind of something outside of my, it's not that it never interested me. I'm just so busy with my work that I just, you know, never really paid attention to it until I started going, you know what? I know so many people. Maybe I should turn, maybe I should do a podcast someday. Gears hey man, glory, I mean, you know, Gears it, and glory radio or stater radio. Dude, or that would be like awesome. That, you know? No, that that's really is that that's, that's, that's perfect. And that's the one thing that I've learned through this is it's like Jace does a great job on the fast life garage. He really does like, but he has his own way of doing it. Right. Yep. And his, uh, his listeners listen to my podcast. And my listeners listen to his podcast. And I know that because I get text messages or DMs or emails all the time like, hey, I heard you on Jace's podcast. And they'll ask me a question about something I said. Or I've had Jace on my podcast. I mean, there's it's it's not competitive. Right, right. It's like there's so much space for content that it's every conversation you have with somebody's 
slightly different. Even if you talk about the same shit, yeah, like well, different we, things come up. We all have a passion for that same shit. Right. So we're hungry for it. You know, we exactly. Like, now that we don't have the magazines here, I mean, we rely on each other for information and, um, it's, I think you're, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, as far as other motorcycle photographers and people in the industry, I don't feel any type of competition whatsoever. There's room for everybody and we all love what we do. And, uh, you know, you're talking about, um, cycle source and I, I talk to Missy every once in a while on Instagram yeah. and I'm like, Hey Missy, you guys need anything down in the area? Let me know. You know, right. I've, I've, I've got my, my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. I'm not worried about the money. If you just need somebody shot and you need something, you know, I just want to be part of something that has a, and that's why I write for them too. You know, I write for them because, you know, Chris, I'm on staff and, you know, Chris is like, no, you know, this pays this, this pays. I'm like, Chris, let's just, how about I write for you for a little while and then you tell me what you like and what you don't like and so that I can kind of craft it because, you know, I don't, I don't have to get, I have to like let things out, right? I, you know, I, I like to write. I enjoy writing. I enjoy writing a tech art. Like I did, uh, we did a, uh, my buddy, John Jessup from Dream Rides by, uh, by John uh, okay. out in Stockton or Lodi, California. He built a bike and it was really cool. And so I wrote an article on it, right? And uh, Jace took the pictures <clears throat> while we were in Sturgis and uh, I sent it in. And then Heather contacted me like two days ago. She's like, you're still going to write a tech article, article, right? And I'm like, yeah, I can write a tech <laughs> article too. You know, they, cause they're starving for content, right? You know what I mean? They're, they're putting these periodicals out and they want to make sure they have good shit in there, you know, not just redundant, same old, same old stuff. And so, uh, you know, I write in a different style than you would write or that they would write in. Right. So yeah. hopefully I can develop a little bit of a following, a little bit of following there. Um, so let's talk about, um, I want to talk a, a bit about Chopperama. And so that event, that's the Gibtown bike fest, right? Well, that was at, last year. Last year. So, but this year it's not there, right? No. Um, right now, all signs point to a different location. It's an undisclosed location. Um, you know, Chopperama gave me the opportunity to start this engine, you okay. know, yeah. Gibtown. Sure. And um, it allowed me to expand. Sure. So I'm, I'm trying to be careful. You know no, I, I, you know no, I, mean? I completely understand. But, Look, I, I don't want to get anybody. Right. Uh, it's not. It's what I want to talk about is is and it's. I'll be honest with you. I, I I'm not the guy that goes to those types of events. Oh. I went to Gibtown to go see Chopperama. That's the only reason I went there. And it's not to take anything away from it. That's a great. That's a great place. Right. For the right crowd. I mean, for there's the a right different crowd. demographic for everything. That was a. The venue you're in was the best space on the property, mm -hmm. probably. But I have, I have, um, and you know, if the promoters of that show had ever listened to this or ever wanted to come on here, I would talk to them and I would tell them the same thing. That demo is not, not even my shop's demo, right? Really, right, you know, right. what I mean, yeah. that is a very, very niche place. Correct, correct. correct. And it's, ah, uh, you know, I've been in a couple times, and you know, I could take it or leave it. Well, I'm, I'm the same way, and I've had these conversations with Ron over at Born to Ride. Because Ron's demographic with his publication is a lot of the same type of thing. Sure. And you know, like you said, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that, and there's there's still a huge following and, and, and uh, people out there that love it. But I'm more connected to I keep calling it the new generation writer. You know, the the new generation, the the the, the kids that are buying these two thousand dollar sportsters and building them and looking at them, you know, looking at pictures in magazines or online and 
wanting to create their dream motorcycle and just living life because of this $2,500 motorcycle they've been, you know what I mean? Exactly. And then so they want, they want to spend time with other people that think that, and that's what Chopperama is all about. It's about just coming together and just, it's not about, I mean, they're beautiful bikes. I mean, Batira was there and, 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 and Bill from Blings. I mean, there's some beautiful top notch builders coming from all around the world, but you know, we all get that. That's not what it's about. It's just about really yeah, see yeah. now I, 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 I would have to, I would have to, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that because that was the only reason I like, I don't, um, there's a guy that had a bike there. That's, I think it's a knucklehead that was like pulled out of a shed and yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck about that part of it. Yes. Like, I mean that, that's what got him. His name's Justin, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. going to have him, have him on here. Yes. Great bike. Awesome Great dude. bike. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a professional bike builder mm -hmm. and I, Bill Dodge is one of, in this industry, one of my closest friends and Brian Butera is one of, one of my closest friends personally, like away from, from this industry too. And I want to see, I want to see what's new. I don't well, give a, f I, you know, I mean, I like what's old mm -hmm. and I can, I can appreciate Justin's knucklehead. That's very cool. Yeah. Wait till you hear the story. I don't know if you know anything about yeah, that. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He told me the, the whole thing and, and it's a, it's become a little bit of uh there's some lore surrounding oh, that. Yeah, like yeah. people talk about that. Like that's a story yes. people like to tell because he bought it from the original owner kind of thing. There's a whole thing with it. And, and, and that, that's a, that's a great story, right. but I mean that bike right there, it, that's the greatest chopper ever built ever in my, and you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but and that's the show that that's the bike that would be at Chopperama. Right, right, I want right. to see that thing. You well, know, yeah. that sold for a hundred thousand dollars more than one time. Well, you know what I mean? When I'm talking to these builders, I am, it's not that I'm looking for, uh, I love all bikes. And I love, I love the Bateris bikes and I love the Justin bikes. And I like everything in between. And I right. think everything has a story. Sure. So that's what, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to do with Chopperama is I wanted to bring people in to have them look at that old knucklehead. And, you know, there's people that get turned on by that, but there's also people that get also turned on by Bill Dodge's and Brian Bateris bikes. And certainly uh, you talk about lore, you got the glam fairy there from Eric, Yeah. you know, so there's a little bit there for everybody, but it was not, you know, there's a lot of these Chrome shows and bagger shows and stuff that, you know that that that's pretty much what Florida is saturated with. I just, I just it is unfortunate that it is. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm not a big like I've built a lot of baggers. I built a lot of really nice baggers. Mm -hmm. I really have. Um, I can hang my hat on some really nice motorcycles that were really expensive. Um, but the average bagger customer is not the average Harley customer. There's right. a very different. Yes, and their expectations are very different, and their standards are very different. And they just, they're not a good fit with us. They're not a good fit with us at all. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second here. I'm going to stop this <laughs> I, dog. I think that door is about to come down. He'll chill out once, once he decides to. Yeah. Tigger, come over here. Come over here. Um, but so getting back to, I want to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Cause I don't want someone to think that um, we're not being, you know, we're not anti be anything. Yeah, I don't want to be disparaging towards any any subsect of right. of what we do because any I do like I do like all motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I do like mo you know I like anybody that that likes riding too. You know what I mean? That's right. what it's kind of all about. Exactly. Um, I don't get as much of a chance to ride is what I would like. You know, just by virtue of I work a lot. Yeah, I'm the you same know? way. And 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 I but I do get enough of my motorcycle fix. Right, I get sixty hours, fifty hours a week of motorcycle input mm -hmm. being here just yep. like you i mean Same it's all way. data right yeah so 
you you get your fix right. you know and it just comes in different flavors and different fashions from time to time i don't know if you're like me but i'm so busy within the motorcycle industry I, when people ask me about a ride or if, when you know when's the last time i rode i don't even think about it because i feel i'm just so entrenched in it I'm like, oh yeah you know what i haven't been on my bike for a week and a half you know? okay and so to that to that point let's that help this will help describe what we were talking about earlier or, or kind of play it in like i'm not i don't have to ride a motorcycle to do motorcycle things. I like being with motorcycle people yeah. watching movies. I like being with motorcycle people having a barbecue. Right. I like being around motorcycle people. That's yeah. what I like. As much as I like motorcycles, I like motorcycle people. Yes. You know what I mean? People that right out of the gate have kind of the same expectations out of life. Right, right. You know? And that's why I do what I do. I mean, it's it's never been about me as, oh, let me show you what I can do with a camera. It's never once been about that. Um, Really, we were talking about Jesse James earlier, and, and I've been a professional photographer for several years and got my start into fashion and style and all that other stuff, bikini, swimwear, and blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, the first Motorcycle Mania came out on the Discovery Channel, and it blew my mind. Yeah, mine too. And I just, it changed, you know, it sounds stupid, but it changed my life. And I thought, you know what? I don't have the time. I, I don't know if I have the capability. I think I could do it if I, I put my mind to it. But, you know, you got those people out there like Matera and these other guys that can just think about it and do it and just, you know, it's a second nature to them. Yeah. It's not second nature to me. It's not I, second I, nature me, to me, tried. but photography is, you know, I, I grew up around it and I thought, well, I can't do it, but this would be a good way for me to bring information to people that aren't aware of these people, these builders, these builders are artists. And I really got a chance to meet a lot of builders on the TV shows that I worked with. And I was like, Man, you know, the the thing about the TV shows, there's not a lot of bike shows anymore, but back in the day when there was, you know, you saw you saw some edited 22 minutes, 44 minutes of of the drama and and, and all of it goes into the bike building, but they don't really you don't really capture every the blood, sweat and tears in it. Not like not like you No, and most of what they do capture on camera is um staged yeah scripted yeah yeah so even if it's not scripted it's still kind of could you're kind of cajoled into doing right. i was on i did a i did a show for discovery in 2009 it aired in 2010 with the detroit brothers and it was didn't go how i thought it was going to go yeah but it went exactly how i thought it would go <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean i i went into it with uh not an ego but with like you know a, the the desire that i wanted to do it so bad mm -hmm. that i wanted to do a good job this is really pain in the ass sorry that's all good man uh yeah but you know um you know the, my i guess my my goal has always been from day one is i want to show the blood sweat and tears behind the build because you know on the tv show they would you know you'd see a little bit of scripted and stuff and whatever and but boom the beauty shots and you see all the beautiful yeah. motorcycles you, you have no idea of the the countless hours of drama and and just stress and anxiety and the pressure. real drama is the good stuff yeah 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 i mean like legit this machine broke or we we ran out of material or two people really got into a fight, like not even fisticuffs, but I mean, a, a pretty substantive argument over the direction something was supposed to go. I mean, mm. you know, and then they try to capture that in a bottle and it's, it's clunky. Right. Right. It's very clunky. Well, you know, so you gotta be very careful of you what got, you're producing. You got these guys, say you got some shaved, shaved lowers. And if you, uh, you shave those and you polish them, it could take a, you know, a couple of days to do it right. But 
on a TV show would take, it'd be 20 seconds. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what turns me on about bike builders is I don't have that talent, but I, I understand the talent that they do have. And they're an artist in every right, just like any other painter, photographer, sculpture, they're just artists. And I just want to, I want to bring their creativity to the people in the moto world and even outside the moto world. And I just, I, th I think it's beautiful. I can't do it, but I can take pictures of people who can. So yeah, well, it, and you can do things with a camera that other people can't because you understand the space and how it works. Right. Right. And even that, even, you know, even that, so if you're, you used to shoot on film then. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so this digital space, you, you had the advantage of having a little bit of idea of what you wanted to get out of it mm -hmm. with the editing, but you still have to learn how to do all that. And it's still, it's, you know, they make it look easy now with filters and, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, but true, true raw JPEG cleaning it up in Photoshop or whatever it is that you, you that is used mm -hmm. nowadays is not easy. <laughs> no, not if it's done right. No, you know? I had Lightroom program for a little while yeah. and I bought a DSLR and I was, you know, bought the DSLR for dummies and the whole, the whole thing. And it still was, it was not something that I took to very naturally. And I actually <laughs> shot some good stuff for a magazine. I shot, I did it. I did a feature on Eric. I did two features. I did a feature on Eric's shop one year for the horse. And then okay. I did a feature. Eric used to have this really cool, um, XS six fifty chopper. Okay. That oh. had really tall, it, it something happened to it. It got, it got wrecked or something, but it had really tall fishtails. And I had him out here popping wheelies hmm. with it. And I put a picture of him doing a wheelie in the horse magazine. It was really cool. And it was one of the only photographer, uh, photographs I ever took. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I caught the moment that I wanted to catch, yeah, you know, yeah. and, I, and if I would have stuck with it, I probably would have done pretty well. But like this, this is my, this is my second nature thing. Like doing right. this thing. I have, I went to school for broadcasting, right? Television and, and, uh, and radio broadcasting, but it was all like talent based and, uh, a little bit of like newscaster based stuff, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I went to Specs Howard school. I don't know if okay. you remember yeah. that from Detroit. Yeah. Uh, to totally. yeah, that's where I went. So th it, this is, this is kind of an easy thing for me, but when you put, trying to put a show together like that, I thought that it would be a lot different. I didn't think it was going to be easy and, and no big shakes, mm -hmm. but that doing that show was something that it was a lot more work than I thought it would ever be. And it was a lot more high stakes than what I ever thought it would be. So was Chaparama your, your first foray into having an event? Yeah, that was my first foray. And it, you know, it was a big learning opportunity. It was an awesome event. I mean, uh, you had a great venue. You had great participants. You had a great logo, great name. It's, well, thank you. Know, it's you know, really good. Chaparama came from, um, you know, up in Detroit. Autorama. Autorama. Yeah. That's where it was. So we were talking and they're like, what do you, what do you, what do you think you want to name it? And I'm like, well, when I grew up in Detroit, we'd always go to Autorama in the, in the wintertime. I was so, just there. I went there this year. I took you? my buddy from Lakeland to to Detroit for the weekend, and we went to Autorama. So that's that's where that came from. And I was actually flipping through some old old magazines at a uh, at an antique shop, and there was a it was a, I think it was a car magazine, but the the tiles and the logo was pretty much like mm -hmm. diner esque. You yeah, know what I mean, I'm, very much. So that's that's kind of I was like, oh, that light bulb went off, and I was like, that's a perfect fit, you know, and. Um, then we have the, uh, the I call it the shovelhead family where mom's serving a shovelhead to her on the shovelhead platter. And, um, yeah, that, that all came together kind of, uh, by accident, but it all worked. Yeah. And, um, it, like I said, it was a learning opportunity and, you know, you go into something like that with a list of things that you want to accomplish and 
you figure out why, when you don't accomplish all those things on the list, you just figure out, okay, what did I do? What do I need to do next time to make it better? So um, w tell me how the planning goes, went. Tell me how the planning went for that event. Like you come up with an idea, Ron approaches you from Born to Rise to say, yes. we have this space, we need to fill in with something. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, well, I know what I want to do. I've been thinking about this for years. Um, I want to do this chopper show. And it's almost like Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Right. I thought, well, I'm going to call my buddy Bill up at Blings. Good friend of mine. And uh, Eric is a good friend of mine. They're very well respected. You know, I don't have to tell you, but they're well respected in the area. Yeah. And, both uh, those dudes are, are we're, I'm close right. friends with both of them. And Brian I met at uh, Willie's. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? If I can get these two or three guys on board. That'll show people that there's a, there's some substance behind this. Yeah. And once I did that, the the, the builders started coming in waves, and I've I had people coming, sending pictures from California and and Kansas and Washington and, I mean literally, this this past Chaparama is probably a third of the size that I wanted it to be. Um, this this coming one uh, I can say is going to be if everything goes to the way we hope it does, it, I would say, think born free East. Is it going to be indoors? The, the invitational part will be indoors. Okay. But we should be on a, um, a property for about, with about 15 acres. Okay. Outside of the city limits. Okay. And, um, we're going to have a write in show, but we're also going to have the old fashioned rodeo chopper rodeos. We're going to have artists from around the world. I've been talking to them for the last six or seven months. Um, one of the things that I really like about, handbell show is not only do they have the beautiful bikes from all types of genres of, of motorcycling, but they have some pretty great artists there as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to do that myself. I, 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 I had a, uh, I did a show with Michael Lichter up at Sturgis a few years ago and that, that was awesome. That the meant, motorcycles is art. Yeah. 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 I that, love that. That meant a lot to me. And I thought, you know, if I could do that for other people, just get them involved and, you know, maybe they don't build bikes either, just like me. But if they can get their work out there and seen by like my like minded people, that's you know that's that's my goal. So I've already got people committed from. Um, I've got an artist from the Netherlands, just about an hour right. and a half out of Amsterdam. I've got an artist from the UK, uh, Ukraine, um, Canada. Midnight Cobras is coming down from Canada. I don't know if you know who the Midnight Cobras are, but um, and then I've got someone from Mexico. I, I, I want to get about ten or twelve artists. So we'll have the we'll have the beautiful machines in the middle, and then we'll have all the artwork on the outside, and then we'll have the rodeo on the outside. We'll probably do a ride-in show as well, and we've got you know a few other things planned. But uh, I really want it to be uh, I really want it to be a premier event that people from all around the United States will put on their calendar and and come and really enjoy themselves. And again, it's not about me; it's about all the people that are involved. You right. know, when I start <laughs> talking to sponsors and vendors, and even Born to Ride, and, and the, the issue of money comes up. I'm like, Oh yeah, somebody has got to make money do this. You know, we got yeah. it for me. It's never about the money. It's never, ever been about the money. It's just about doing something for people that are in the same industry as me that will enjoy the same things that I will enjoy. And I just want, I just want people just to soak it in. You know, I just want to provide an opportunity for people just to get together and just, I know it sounds so generically, you know, no, but this you, you've, mentioned a couple things that are very true number one uh we are devoid of even though we have one of the biggest motorcycle rallies in the country right here mm -hmm. we have one of the largest uh you know three-day rallies in leesburg right uh we've got biketoberfest 
uh, we have all these reasons why people come to Florida with their motorcycle. Mm -hmm. What we don't have is we don't have local events that are worth attending. Uh, you know, I'm my time, as I said before, like I spend, I'm here eight to 10 hours a day, five to six days a week. I get my fix of motorcycle stuff. Like people are like, you should go to bike night. I'm like, I don't fucking want to go to bike night. No. I, I don't want to. I Why? Don't. Why do I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I get my, I get my fill, but I can remember when I wasn't working in this industry, mm -hmm. all I thought about was my motorcycle, ride my motorcycle, yep. ride my motorcycle, yep. ride my motorcycle. That's all I want to do is ride, 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 go over here, ride, go over there. Go. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not missing anything. You understand what I mean Correct. when I say that? Oh yeah. Understand it doesn't mean I don't like motorcycle events and it doesn't mean I don't like bikers, but I, I don't, I don't hang out with them. I just don't, I don't want to. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to do commerce with somebody during the day and then go do social stuff in the evening. And then it gets all weird. Like, cause it does. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says. It gets weird. Yeah. You know, my friends are pretty much all in the motorcycle industry or have nothing to do with motorcycles. There's no one, you know, I'm not friends really with any of my clients just because I can't be, right. you know, there's a couple of people that have put in their time. I mean, I've got some people that I've taken care of their bikes for the entire 10 years that I've been down here. We're friends. Mm -hmm. But um, they put in, we both put in work, right? Right. So I, I get what you mean. But you, you do like something like Chopperama, you know, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this, uh, this little happy accident that was caused by COVID of us putting this show in December, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it will be able to stay in December. And my thought process is this. Number one, it's much nicer climate in December. Yep. We have much larger opportunity for new guests that don't live here because the snowbirds are here. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. Uh, the chance of having um, more ride-in opportunities are going to be better than they are in June when mm -hmm. it's a million degrees and a million percent humidity. But we picked a really, really posh venue for for a reason, mm -hmm. and it was because of going to other places that I've been. That I just, I don't know. I want, there's plenty of, there, there's, there's lots of Gibb towns. There's lots of Leesburgs. There's lots of Quaker steak bike nights. Yes. There's lots of different things. But they're all the same. They're all exactly the same. Just bigger. They are. They, just bigger versions it, 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 of well, each it's, other. Yeah. They're, they're scalable, right? Right. It's right. scalable. And, um, for the wheels of steel, how that, that came about was it's funny that you say autorama because that's what I modeled this show after. Really? And the reason why I did that. Um, was because, you know, the Don Riddler Award. Yes, yes. Okay. That's a Detroit-only thing. And people come from around the world to win the Riddler Award. Mm -hmm. Well, my, my father was a custom bike builder since my entire, before I was born, right? I had okay. one in the living room. We had one in the three built them in the basement. <laughs> it was the whole deal. Yeah. And so uh, when my father passed uh, September of 2018, I was asked to participate this about four months later, like help them come up with a motorcycle thing. And I, they wanted to do a poker run. And I was like, I'm not doing a poker run. Number one, you can't control the weather. You can't control the people. You're not going to raise any money. I mean, even if you raised a few thousand dollars, that's not a lot of money mm -hmm. for a big company. And then you're going to have to police the people. And I don't want to deal with that shit. And it's outdoors and I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I don't ride with people. I ride with a couple of friends and yep. that's it. Yep. You're not going to ever find me. In I used to ride with 30. people, but the problem with riding with people is you get on the road and you're like, okay, you know, we got, 
we got a little time to get there. And I look up, and by the time I get done looking at my watch, everybody's balls to the walls going 110 miles an hour. And I'm like, I'll see you when I get there. Yeah, I, I ride with <laughs> – there's a few people that I ride with that I'll ride with any anywhere. But mm-hmm. there's – I just don't run in a big group. But one of the things I asked for was uh, I wanted my dad um, to be honored with an award every year, uh, like the Riddler Award. Okay. We call it the Rick. And uh, it's the Rick Hallman Legacy Award. And the way it works is I wanted to craft an award that didn't wasn't judged. And I wanted to craft an award that people would seek out that show to try to win that award. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, the first year I asked Brian Butera to build a trophy, come to the show, and pick his favorite bike in the building. Okay. Any building or any, any bike in the building. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what it was. And uh, he gave that award. And then the winner of that award had to agree to build the trophy for next year oh, and come sweet. in and pick. That's right? a great idea. Yeah. So the inaugural winner was Kyle Ray Rice with his shovelhead FXR, oh, the bad Kyle. company bike. Yeah, yeah. I just I just shot Kyle's bike. Uh, you uh, did a fantastic job yeah, thank on, you. on the photography of that. Um, so Kyle's building the trophy for this, and Kyle's going to show up, and Kyle has to pick it. And the way I structured that was that so the artists own the award. Right. You want to win that award? Build a bike, show up. And get picked. I love that. That's and, great. And so there's no judging. There's no there's no politics. There's none of that. Right. It's an artist's award owned by artists, controlled by artists. Yeah, you And you that. can't win it if you don't, if you're not willing to build the trophy and yeah. come the next year. That's it's an awesome. Obligation. I mean, you took it a step further because what I did with the Chopperama is, you know, you know, I had people around me saying, well, why don't we do, uh, um, you know, a People's Choice Award for Best right. Bike. And the problem with the People's Choice Award, as you were, you could probably relate to, is you got guys with uh, 20 know, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I decided to do builder's choice. So I just took a vote with all the builders. And that's a good way to do it. That's a, mm. that's who should be doing it. Because uh, people's choice, that's fine. Um, you know, when here's, I'll tell you where the people's choice works. The people's choice award works at the FXR show in Sturgis. Because everyone there rode in on an FXR or okay. a Dyna and loves FXRs and Dynas. So the people's choice is is a good way to do it there mm-hmm. because everybody in that show area, if you if you enter how it works is if you enter a bike, you get a you get a vote. Okay. And once you cast your vote, you can put you can pick, you know, if you have a Dyna, you get to pick up the Dynas. Okay. If you have an FXR, you get to pick from the FXRs. And you get three votes. One, two, three. Right? And then they just tally up the the votes. And so you just put the number of the bike there because it's a ride and show. Jeff does the same thing with the V2 Visionary show. You show up for that, you get a, you get a vote, right? So the people that are there are there because they want to be there and they're there because they, they know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So, um, the, there's some buy-in from the, from the people that are there. Yeah. But our shows, mm-hmm. we're trying – I like that we're trying to – and it's, it goes back to what you said earlier. There's no competition. No, I mean, but competition is healthy, anyways. Right, like right. Burger King needs McDonald's. Yes. If you want to know where to put a Burger King at, find a McDonald's, put it in across the street. McDonald's is always going to do more money than you. But when the line's too long at McDonald's, your line's going to get long right. because people don't want to wait in a fucking long line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. I wrote a book. Uh, I haven't published yet, but it's a business book. And one of the analogies that I draw on there is the difference in your experience from going to Starbucks. And going to Dunkin' Donuts because Dunkin' Donuts arguably has a better cup of coffee, mm-hmm. but they don't have they don't have the same other clientele, and they don't have baristas. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. It's like this. 
this whole little manufactured community around, the, you know, you got somebody over there using Wi-Fi, doing their online school, yep. and somebody's, you know, talking with their earbuds on a on a Zoom meeting well, at Starbucks. With but Starbucks, you, you have a culture. With Dunkin' exactly. Donuts, you have your five-year-old. Yeah, but... but <laughs> There's a Argu- place. Arguably, there's a better cup of coffee. Yeah, if you just yeah. want a regular cup of coffee, mm-hmm. it's tough to beat a Dunkin' Donuts yeah, coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was just the difference in experience. So the Choparama is going to be different than than I. I'm I'm per, first. I'm I'm like excited and giddy that you're that somebody's doing something that could be compared to a born free East of type of thing. That's, I, that's my goal. You know that, what I mean? That's great. I don't um, want to put on too big a pants, but that's my goal. You know, I want well, people to have Mike fun. Davis and, and his partner. I mean, I, from what I understand, I'm, I'm not talking. I, I'm, I'm telling you what I've heard mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but they make enough money from born free to do born free all year. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that. I've heard that they've generated enough income and enough buzz around that. That that, that planning that show, that's what they do. And that's pretty much what I do with Born to Ride. I mean, I'm, um, when I started working with with Ron and Deb at Born to Ride, it's been almost a year ago. From the get go, it was all hands on deck for me for Chopperama. Right. Because even though Ron and Deb had been in the industry for 25 years, the the clientele, the, the people were different. So he said, okay, start making phone calls. Let's see what you can make happen. He, I don't think he believed I could do it. So, you know, I started making my phone calls and, and the vision that I've had for a few years started coming to life. And, and um, you know, it's, it's a, it excites me because it's something that I would, I would get on a plane and go to do, go it, to see. You is Chopperama yours and they're sponsoring you or is it theirs and you're doing it for them or is it an well, amalgamation of, of both if, pieces? If, if you read on, if you read on my Instagram, it says founder of Chopperama presented by Born to Ride. Gears and Glories, founder of Chopperama, but presented by Born to Ride. It's kind of a partner thing. Right. You know, they, uh, they have a lot of, uh, where they have the connections is, is the people with the buildings and, and those old timers that still see substance and what the younger generation is. And that's a problem right. I think is that there's a, there's a, there's a, a line among the new generation and the, and the older generation where even, even Ron has said, you know, we've got the, I call them the, 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 le- the road dogs, the old road dogs. Yeah. And then and, gray beards, yeah, gray, yeah, beards. The gray beards and the old road dogs. And, and then, uh, he describes them, the the younger generation as the craft beer drinkers. I can't relate to you know. Yeah, the Dixon flannel. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, You know, what I mean, the Dinah, the Dixon, the, the thing. But you know, you touched on it earlier about how ex- how excited it, how exciting it must be to be able to get twenty five hundred bucks together and get a Harley at, at yes. twenty two. Yes. Because we couldn't do it. No. Not do, you, at all. do you remember? I mean, we're from the same hometown. Mm-hmm. So do you remember? Um, the Harley that like trying to get a Harley, like how you, you would get into a lottery and you couldn't just go buy one and oh, yeah. you, you would order a black one and a purple <laughs> one would come in and they could say, you can have the purple one uh, and take it home and paint it black. Yep, yep. Or you can go to the back of the line and maybe you won't even get one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those days are days that I remember. Yep. Those are days that you remember. Right. Right. Um, and now getting a Harley's like, not a big deal. I remember when I sold cars for Stu Evans, Lincoln Mercury, there was a guy there named John Ballard who probably made legit, legitimately $180,000, $200,000. And this is back in 1995 mm. and wore a suit to work every day and had a wife and two kids and 
man, he just talked. All he talked about was one day he was going to buy a Harley. One day he was going to buy it. And I'm thinking. That was my dad. You make $180,000 a year 25 years ago. Not only is that a lot of money today, but that should have been enough money for you to do whatever you wanted to back then. But it was such a thing to get a Harley Davidson. Yep. And he eventually did. Around uh, 2008, he bought a Road King. You know, both of his kids were out of college. You know, John John, his son, became a doctor. You know, so he had done what he was supposed to do and could finally get a motorcycle. Where I was like at 30, I'm like, I'm buying a fucking motorcycle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just about caused a divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? A <laughs> hundred times right. having this shop. You know you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And um, I've never, I've never, just never given a shit. Like, I'm, I, it's a big deal to me. It always is. Yeah. Even, you know, I got six or seven of them that I own. And they're all, I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're, they're great. I totally get that. I totally get that. But you're, you're 100% right. You know, 10 years ago, I mean, maybe it's just because of the generation we grew up in. And we, we see those motorcycles in the, with the same type of eye. But those, it was a big deal. I mean, those getting a Harley was a, a big stepping stone in your, in, in the road of life. You know, I remember when my dad got his first Harley Davidson. Like I remember that. I remember every bit of, well, see, it. my dad never got one. He really? Honda 754, uh, you know, the 1976 CB Honda 754. Do you still one. have your dad? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You do. Okay. Yep. Yep. But I remember being on the back of that motorcycle going on rides with him, you know, and, yep. and some of those rides went to the local Harley Davidson dealership. So I don't know if, you know, you know, he was also a photographer. Okay. Um, he was a shutter bug. He never did it professionally. And I, I don't know if a lot of what I do is motivated by, well, this is what dad did. This is what he wanted to do. So maybe he never got a chance to do it, but I'm going to do it. You know, ah, as long as you're, as long as you feel like you're filling your own bucket up, yeah, then, then you're doing the right thing. Can I, I'm, I forget. I didn't offer you. You want something to drink? Uh, what do you have water? I have, I do have water. I have water. I have beer. I have a Red Bull. Yeah. Listen, can I do a Red Bull? Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. We don't need, we, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate this, by the way. Oh yeah, no worries. I mean, I can, I can say, kind of whatever, whatever I, I yeah, want, yeah. just because I, I know what's, you know. Right. I don't care. I don't have any skin in that game, but I don't right. want to besmirch anybody either. Right, right. You right. know what I mean? I can tell you that putting an event together is a large scale thing, and I have a lot of respect for people who do it. Mm -hmm. um, what I want to find out from you is, is that. How do you scale? How do you, are you in a position? Do you feel like you're in a position where you can scale things up to get them to the point to where, because that benefits everybody. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you that yes. there's a little selfish part of me. That's like, yeah, good. I don't want to go to born. I was very critical of born free very early on uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, uh, I was very critical of kind of, uh, they, I was mad at them because they didn't let, Eric in. I'll be honest. Oh, with I didn't you. know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, I was very publicly critical of them and uh, would tell anybody. Um, and, and Eric asked me to please stop doing that. Well, you know, and I was defending my, I was defending my friend, but at the same time I was creating, I was, it was problematic. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a big mouth. And, but if I think I'm, I'm right, I'm, I'm going to say yeah. what I want to say. And it's Eric. I mean, come on. Yeah. And it's, and it's Eric and, and Eric, you know, Eric doesn't, um, he doesn't need anybody to defend him. His no. work, his work speaks for himself, but I just, you know, there is a certain, and I, and I've, I, I, listen, I have a lot of friends in California and I tell them all the same thing. They don't see it because the, their optics are local to them, but from the outside in, 
there's a bit there's a bit of an air of air arrogance to them like because they're from california like all of a sudden they have extra cool points and mm -hmm. i don't give a shit you know i mean i'm from detroit i probably think i have extra cool points when it comes to something about detroit you right, know what i mean right. so yeah, yeah, I, get that. It, I get i get being proud of where you're from and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff but i'm also i was talking to somebody who was i talking to i was talking to somebody i want to say it was just at a, at a family party and we were talking about how something cool happens in California. And no, it was here. It, it was here on Saturday morning. There were some customers that were dropping a motorcycle off. And we were talking about how things start in California and they kind of trickle this way. And by the time they get to Florida, it's already done over there or it's near done over there. And it's very, it looks very different when it's here. Yeah. Choppers, yeah. I mean, you know, case in point, that chopper and that chopper, you know, Billy and, and Warren both have a very unique style that kind of lends themselves to each other. I mean, you mm -hmm. can tell that they come from the same kind of, you know, background right. when you look at their bikes. Some of their engineering is the same and, and that kind of stuff. But um, I, I don't have a problem with someone being from California, but I don't think that that's the only place that good things happen is kind of what I'm saying. Well, you know, we the congregation show is pretty kick-ass. I don't know if you've been to Congregation, Congregation and Mama Tried and Fuel Cleveland. Yeah. Those are all great shows, great little shows. And, and I, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff out there in California, but we can do just as cool stuff anywhere. Well, Paul Weidman builds arguably some of those beautiful handcrafted old school machines, and he's got his own style that doesn't look like anybody else's stuff. Mm. Do you know who Paul is? No, no. I'm Bare just... Knuckle Choppers. Okay. Bare Knuckle yep. Performance yep, now. Yep, yep, yep. Super good friend of mine. We've been friends for, I mean, we both were kids in this industry. You know, we started around the same time and have known each other almost our whole careers. Well, that's funny because I remember reading about bare knuckle choppers in like old cycle sources, you know, mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And yeah, he would do a lot of tech stuff for him. And uh, he built the chopper frame that's on my choppers built off of a, okay. a bare knuckle frame that I designed and uh, had Paul put together. But there's so many different ways to, to do build motorcycles mm -hmm. and that and put on shows. And so I'm excited that you're, that somebody, uh, that you're taking it on and, and, and pushing for us to have something like this. Cause I think, I think we could accommodate it. I think I th we can make it nice. I think we have the perfect place for it, you know, and especially that time of year. And it's, it's not, like I said it earlier, it's not about an ego thing. It's just, I get excited when I get the opportunity to go to the congregation or all of these, any of these shows and meet, even if it's people that I'm still neighbors with, but we are, we all go to these same shows and, we just have that same vibe and right. we have the same excitement and maybe there's a small about a comp little bit of competition, but we still love the same things and we'll help each other achieve our goals. And we just all really get off on the same stuff. And yeah, even and we get off on what's different about it too. Yeah, like yeah. We can both look at a bike and I'm like, Oh dude, that is so cool how he did this. And you're like, Oh, I love how he did that. Yeah. You know? And it's like, so we can kind of like the same stuff. It's like liking music, but really being into the drummer and someone else is really into the, the guitar or something like one, that. One person know? is into rush because of Neil Peart. And the other I, ones I can't believe you're saying rush. Lee. It's like, I was going to say, yeah, like Alex, I was Alex literally going to say Neil Peart and Alex Lifeson. <laughs> We're cut from the same cloth. I think. Dude, uh, right. I'm, I'm a big rush nerd. That was a, was it was about a week or a week and a half week or week or two before uh chopperamas when neil died neil died yeah and i didn't even it was like what you know i was in the offices at born to ride and actually i needed to go to get some t-shirts um for the show um and on my way out deb was like oh hey did you hear neil pert died 
Thanks, Deb. You just totally ruined my yeah, life. Yeah, like you just ruined my day. <laughs> but yeah. I had to. I had to go up to Orlando to get those shirts, and I I listened to Rush all the way up there and all the way back. And yeah. Watched then like for the next two weeks on YouTube. I watched. I just soaked in any Neil every Pert Neil Pert video yeah, that yeah. you could watch. Oh, watching him gosh. play and just the the levels of, of the layers of his oh, drumming. Did you ever see them live? Oh yeah, I saw them several times. Yeah, I've only saw him once. Mm-hmm. I saw him in 1985 Power Windows tour. Okay, but I was I was pretty heavy. I was a pretty heavy nerd of when it came to their. Well, I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to music. Like, I, do you know who Xavier is from Providence? Cycle? Yeah, yeah, I know Xavier. Yeah, I, I owe him a poster. Actually, I shot a, a picture of him at Sons of Speed that he's been asking for. Yeah, he he and I will get on the phone and we'll talk for hours about this drummer and that drummer and this, the way they did this and the way there's, this was set up and the way that was set up and how they recorded this and how they recorded that. So mm-hmm. we kind of nerd out well, I, regularly. I originally went to college on a music scholarship. I was an artist and draw, drawing and painting and stuff my entire life. And I lived in a pretty creative family. And so originally when I went to school, the first time I went to school on a scholarship before I got kicked out, cause I never went to class, but I, I go to DIA. What's that? Detroit Institute of Arts. No, no, no. I went to Michigan state. Oh, wow. so um, I figured that, you know, if I didn't end up in a band touring, I would be a session player somewhere right. like in New York or California or whatnot. And actually, when I first moved down here to Orlando, there was a company called Transcontinental Entertainment that they're 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 um, they brought out like Britney Spears and seeing Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, right. Oton, Jessica Simpson, <laughs> Mandy Moore. And I, I worked with all those people back then. Wow. And um, when I first came to Orlando, I thought, well, my I guess my career in photography is going to be in music. And I had a lot of fun for a few years and worked with people like, I, I worked with Kiss on their last tour, shot with Britney on four tours, Snoop Dogg, Matchbox 20, Aerosmith. So that was a lot of fun. But um, I was always doing the, the swimsuit girly thing too as well. And then the owner of Transcontinental Entertainment got into trouble with the federal government for a pyramid scheme and <laughs> they ended up chasing him down to Mexico or something. I don't know what it is. So pretty much everybody associated with the company kind of got blackballed, you know? So I always had the, the girls and all the other stuff going on. So do what you can. Right. What, what instrument do you play? I was a drummer. Okay. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I went to school on a drum scholarship. Well, you're probably way better than I am. Um, maybe back then, but not now. You know, my son, my ten year old son, is we go to a music store and he wants me to see, he wants me to see he wants to watch me drum. You know, and and uh, maybe someday we would get drum set and get those. Did you were you a drummer as well? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I I don't have a kit any longer. I sold my last kit to. Uh, there's a. Do you know who Paradigm was? He was Kid Rock's. Um, DJ after Cracker. Okay. Well, Paradigm had his own band, and I sold my kit to his drummer. I see. Well, I was I was really into it. I mean, we're, I know we're totally getting way off the subject. No, we're fine. That's... When I was when I was in school originally, the first time I went to school, um, there's this thing called. Um, this is going to show you that I'm a, a band or band nerd, but uh, it was called DCI Drum Corps International, mm-hmm. and it was you know it was high school to college age, and it was the best of the best in the state, and they had these competitions all around the world, basically the United States, and it was right. a big deal, and I I I was in two of those two of those cores. And um, I just thought I was the coolest thing in the world. And I Dude, did. Travis Barker and Tommy Lee are both band nerds. They're both yeah. like high school drummers. Well, that's cool, man. So you know, they've got millions, and I've got my I've got my rental over in Fishhawk. So you know, <laughs> I didn't do something right. But I mean, that was my life. That was my you know that was that was what I wanted to do. I thought for the rest of my life, and 
when I was going to school, a friend of mine needed some pictures for something, and I picked up the camera for the first time. My dad urged me my entire life to start taking pictures. I was never really interested. Right. And um, I, I, my friend asked me to take some pictures for something, and they turned out pretty decent, but it fueled this. They didn't come out the way I wanted them to. So oh, I just, so all of a sudden you start chasing that dragon. Start chasing that dragon. And I, I, I know this is going to sound bad, but I grew up in a house where my dad would read Playboy and leave the Playboy on the coffee table. Yeah, so I, I, I remember looking at Playboy when I was nine years old. Yeah, my parents were hippies too. And, my uh, parents were total hippies. And the thing was, is I can remember being a kid and I would look at these magazines, not for the girls, but for some reason I was always interested in the lighting and the photographer, even at that age. You know, I just this I could tell at an early age what photographer shot what just because of their lighting style. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See those? So there's like a signature move, right? Mm-hmm. That they have. That that's interesting to hear that. Who? who so. Getting back to Chopperama, yeah, yeah. this is your, this is kind of, this is your baby now, right? You've got a, you've got a, you've got one, one, well, yeah. one, uh, one under your belt. It's, it's my baby. It's, um, you know, I, I, I take a lot of pride in basically every, every little piece of information you see out there. I probably had a hand in doing, um, but you know, the people at Born to Ride is really pinnacle to making it happen as well because we've got a good team of people there as far as marketing and video and, um, web you know and they've got a marketing machine over there and and without them i don't think there would be the it would be not be nearly as successful as it was right but um well i have to say i I was i was having a meeting with one of my clients last week and it came up in conversation i said well the quality of content over at born to ride has increased exponentially since you've been there you i mean i've been involved i I, i've known them for 10 years now Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been critical, I'm publicly critical of their their magazine. I think their magazine is is well, you know, it, it, it serves a purpose, right? But it it's not what I it's it's not anything I would read. And I've advertised in it a couple of times, and I've written for them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. To me, a magazine without editorial content doesn't hold any doesn't hold any sway. It doesn't have any substantive reason to be there i don't go to bike nights i don't care i already have a tattoo artist Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right right. i i don't i'm not looking for hair replacement i'm not looking for someone to hide your dip i'm not looking for a new powder coater yeah i'm not i'm just a new lawyer yeah i'm 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 team law fran all day Mm -hmm. i mean that that's she champions all of our causes and we we champion hers i mean it's a it's a very it's a very good uh you know we're sitting in the law friend studios okay. I mean, for, you know, for lack of it. That's literally the relationship that I have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, the content has in, of that magazine has grown exponentially. Well, I mean, I, hopefully they see that because, you know, they've had some people work for them in the past and they've, you know, like Josh Kirpius has shot some stuff for yes, that magazine. In yes. The past. Josh. Yep. Um, but it's never been this consistently good. And well, I, and, and there's there's a couple of reasons for that, and, and honestly, when I when I talked to Ron and Deb about coming on to the to the to, into the company and working with them, um, I said honestly, I said I don't I don't read the magazine. I said there's no reason for me to. I said right. none of my friends read the magazine. Um, I don't go to the bike nights. Um, you know, they wanted me to help with social media, and I said, well, I, I looked at your social media. There's not really a lot there. I don't, I just don't know if I'd be a good fit. And you know, the one thing that really, I think that struck a nerve with me was Ron was like, well, that's why we need you. 
And yeah. when, when he told me that, I was like, okay, all right, <clears> that's cool. You know, if they, you know, we might not see, you know, I was, we were talking the other day, I was talking to somebody else and, you know, Ron's view of today's biker and my view of today's biker, there are two, two different types of bikers. You're looking at completely different lenses. Two, yeah. Two different lenses, but you know what? We both have the same passion. We both have the same drive. We both have the same motivation. And, you know, once in a while, well, it's not, we, we don't really butt heads, but there's a difference of opinion. But I think that's a good, it's a good difference of opinion. Yeah. If you agree on everything, one of you is useless. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. If I did everything that he, if I did exactly everything that he wanted me to do and everybody before it would me did. It look just like same. it used to look. Correct. Correct. So I wanted to, like going back to Chopperama, I wanted to put content in there that was, would make me excited to see the next issue. You know, right. I wanted to put a picture on the, on the cover. And I said, I, I wanted to there be something about that cover. Do you want you to pick it up and take it home instead of just flip through it at Harley and throw it back on the counter? Right. You know, so that was my goal. And, um, he's been doing it. He's been doing a great job. I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, you say what you want about born to ride, but we just talked about a lot of magazines. It's just taken a nosedive in the last 10 years. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, what I'm talking about is, uh, is uh, I've, I've always been critical with Ron about a lack of editorial content Yes, and, and I've offered to write for him so mm. I can be critical of it. Well, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of have, has had his way. He's kind of been the captain of the ship for so long without anybody questioning what he's doing that right. he's used to it. But I'll tell you what I'm really excited about is, when I first came in, the guys that I was working with said, you know, I know you got, you got grand ideas, but don't hold your breath because, right. you know, it's, it's, it'll, it's been, it's been this way for a while. And, you know, he's been real susceptible to my ideas, which I've really liked, but the, uh, the ace in the hole that I'm really excited about here in the last couple of months is, is that we have, uh, Dave Nichols is our new editor. And Dave Nichols, if you don't know who Dave is, is he was the editor of Easy, the old Easy Riders for right. 25 years. And um, Dave knows his stuff. He oh, knows yeah. some people. And even since Dave's come on in the last three months, I mean, he's just... Does he live down here? He lives up in Washington. Okay. So we send all of our content up to him. You know, Ron and, Ron and him and I come up with ideas and things that we're going to be doing. And we kind of bang it out and we, it all goes through Dave and... We send send the projects to the graphic designers and the the video editors and whatnot, and put everything together. But Dave's been a breath of fresh air, and I'll tell you what: if if anybody knows how to put things together and present them in a way that excite the motorcycle community, Dave knows how to do it. Absolutely. So uh, you know, yeah, I I love that Dave's working with us, and we yeah, got, and that's a good feather in your cap too to be able to draw from somebody like that's experience. Well, you know, you know and there's those people that were kind of pushed out of their jobs when they were bought out. They're on board with Dave, so we've got some writers. We've already got a tech writer that used to be for Easy Rider. He's writing for us now, and there's some big changes coming along, and I'm pretty excited about them. So, you know, the born to ride of today is not the born to ride of a year ago. There's right. there's been a lot of changes, and we've got a lot more. And Ron's really excited, and everybody in the offices are pretty excited about it as well. And it, you know, Dave, like you said, Dave's a feather in the cap, and I think it started with Chopperama. It was just a different way for him to see the different side of the motorcycle community that's out there and it opened up his eyes a little bit. So we've had a lot of fun with it and, and, and we plan on, you know, just kicking the door and then doing a lot more with it. Have you guys set a date for Chopperama? Chopperama right now is, uh, we, we're marketing it for January 22nd through 23rd and 24th. It's the same, okay. it's the same weekend as Gibtown. Okay. 
And it's not to compete with Gibtown. Our thinking is is that there's room for everybody. You yeah, know, I and, think and, there is, and it's a very different set of it's crowd, a, it's and it's, a, it's, you, it, people could ride over and see it if they want to see it. Right, that's the thing. is that It is a different crowd, and it's a different type of people, but it's a three-day show just like Gibtown is. So you know what? Go to one one day and come to us the other day. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's, there's plenty for everybody. Yeah. No, absolutely. And to be fair, um, the venue that you were in last year really wasn't big enough to do well a, a uh, large scale right piece and right. you had to park across the street or around the corner mm. and there was and i don't know there's there's always to me there's always too much going on at that event mm-hmm. but nobody really knows what's happening yep yeah so you I, know i wanted to do the, i wanted to do the whole building but uh, i was only given half the building so mm-hmm. i had to do what I could with what I had to work with. Hey, you did a great job. I appreciate it. I mean, yeah. you know what? You got it. You got it done. You got it. You, you got your first under your belt. Yeah. There's, there's no, mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you got to figure it out. Yep. It's, you're not, you're not, Oh, well we could try this or we could try that. It's like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this is what we did last year. So this is what we're going to do this year. Should work good. Yeah, right. You know, I think one of the things that was really important to me about Chopper Rama, and I, I know you don't really hear it very often is that I always wanted it to be, it, to me, it was important for it to be family friendly as well, because I'll tell you why, That's because a very good point. when I was, when I was married, um, I, when I would go to bike events or I go to bike shows and it, mostly it was for work, but I always felt guilty living the wife and kids at home because my wife and kids don't want to see, my wife doesn't want to see that stuff, you know, whatever the panty vendors and the girls in the bikinis right. rolling all over mo- motorcycles and whatnot. And I always felt bad that I couldn't bring her and the kids with me. You the know? show that we're doing is a hundred percent family friendly. Yeah, so you get it. No, no pornographic displays. Yep. No, no weapons can be sold at any vendors. Uh, no colors of any kind. I don't. If you're even a Jesus crew, you can't wear your colors. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's if you've got a three piece rocker, you're not coming in. It's yeah. just as simple as that. And it's not to disclude those people. Those people have to understand that the statement that they're making when they're wearing their rags mm-hmm. in public, they want to be seen as this group of people. It's okay, great. That's not what this show's about. This show benefits local children. I can't. You don't have to explain to your six-year-old what what that's all about. No. So I don't, and so, you know what I mean. Like, I, and I don't want anybody else to have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want to have a mother come up to me and go, "I'm completely disappointed that this is here." Yeah. Right. So we just cut it. We just start at the front and yep. say, "Listen, we're just not going to allow it." And it's not, dude. I respect motorcycle clubs. Yep. I respect their right to do it. Mm-hmm. I get get it done, do your thing, do you, do you, if you can't, and my answer, this is my exact answer that I gave to a club is they said, well, if we can't, if we can't do that, we're not going to be involved in it. And I said, well, if you, if your club can't put the needs of somebody else in front of their need to display their rags, Mm -hmm. then maybe they shouldn't come. Yeah. I don't mean that even in a derogatory sense. Right. Right. This benefits local children in the community Mm -hmm. if you can't not wear your rags just for just for that yeah then i i don't i don't know what to tell you yeah you know because it's not i've certainly given given of myself countless hours and lots of effort and done other things and so have a lot of other people to try to put this on this is a very the the this is the show is scaled up pretty large and you know we did really well last year for them 
So this is our this will be our second year okay. too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So. So you know um, what it's like. You got you got a you stressful. Got some, you got some goals that you have some aspirations, and you know you, you get most of them, but some sometimes you you don't you swing and a miss, and you just go, okay, what do I do need to do next time to make it a little bit better and a little right. bit more universal? And I'm hoping, um, you know, one of the things that I want to do that uh, it's kind of an eye opener is hoping I can. I'm going to try to get a half pipe over there, right? So I can have the kids over there with the skateboards. Nice, you know. And I, I think the skateboard community and the chopper community, there's a lot of uh, similarities between the. Have two. you ever been to that east, uh, southbound and down show? Well, yeah, I was going to bring up Sean a couple of times. Sean puts on a really great show. He right, hasn't, he hasn't done it for a couple of years. Every time they I did see, it last, they did it last year. Did they not? No, nope, 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 nope. no, they uh, did it two years ago. Yep, yep. and um, God, time's flying. Dude. Yeah, and um, you know. They didn't have a lot to work with. I mean, it was over at the border, over by the football stadium. Did you go to that? I went to the one that was at the at the uh, at the, the the show at the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Sean has a really cool show. I love what Sean's doing, and in fact, every once in a while, I'll talk to Sean. I'll say, if you want to do it again, you need help. Let me know. Yeah. But uh, I think he's got. You know, it's not about it's not about the size of the space that you have. I mean, certainly that determines how many people can be there, and you know, maybe how many people are going to come from across the United States to go. But that's not really the point. The point is to just get like-minded people together, have a good time. And he, you know, he has a, a, had a pretty relatively speaking, he didn't have a lot to work with, but it was, it's awesome. It's always awesome. What kind of show did you do in Daytona last year or this year? Well, we did Carrie. You were talking yeah. about Carrie. She asked us to do a show up at destination Daytona and uh, came up with a, a show called Southern fried moto. Okay. And it kind of, uh, for all intents and purposes, it was a strike. It was a swing and a miss. Um, and the reason was, and I'll, I'll tell you why, is because when I first started talking to Carrie, I was I I had heard that um, True Grit was not going to happen that year. I I, okay. I had heard through the grapevine that that True Grit wasn't going to happen, and I thought, well, that's kind of a shame because True Grit's the type of show that I like to go to. Yeah. So if True Grit's not going to happen, let's base our show off of what Warren would have done with true grit. Right. And then, so we set up, we set up the date and the time exactly when Warren would have done it, but it turned out that Warren did true grit on the other side of the town. So he did, you had it at the same time as true same grit. time, same place. Yeah. You know? You're not going to compete with Warren Lane <laughs> because you know what? If I wasn't working there, if I wasn't doing my, th I would have been at Warren Lane's place. You know, so yeah. I, I didn't him, even hear there was I, another chopper show I, going on. I totally got it. You know what I mean? And we didn't know either till like a week before, we didn't know till like a week before we heard about it and we're like, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. You know, and you know what you're talking about, Kyle, Kyle was nice enough. We had, he built awards for that show, the, the Southern fried moto show. And uh, he did an awesome job and he came up and with his bike and his mm -hmm. girl and you know, he, his work, his bikes, even though I've seen the same bike over and over and over again, it's just a work of art. You know, he's taking that bike all apart. Oh, you know, when I was taking pictures of it about a month ago, all he did was complain about it and how he can't wait to rip it apart and do something completely different and how tired he is looking at it. And it just blew my mind, you know, because I, uh, I, I'm, he, that kid operates in such a, such an energetic space. Mm -hmm. When I had him here on the podcast, we had so much fun. I mean, he was, he's just a, he, he's just a hoot to listen to yeah, because yeah. he's enthusiastic and, and vibrant and full of, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's the real deal. He like I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have fun watching him yep. over the next 20 years. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, he's going to be on discovery channel. Someday. Somebody has said, you know, there's a couple, there was probably, you know, there's people that 
I've known my entire career, guys like Steve from Stevenson Cycle, and um, I can't even, I can't think of, you know, Bill Dodge is yep. somebody that has kind of mentored me um, a lot uh, professionally and personally because um, he's been doing it m much longer than I have. Eric Gorgeous from Voodoo Custom Choppers okay. uh, up in Rochester. But to be able to watch Kyle and him be somebody that I can I can just from afar watch what he does. He's mm -hmm. so fucking talented. Well, you know what? The way I met Kyle was was I was putting this this putting the show together and I was looking for builders. You know, really high quality builders to add to the show. And I had several people go, "You you met Kyle Ray Rice yet?" I'm like, no, I haven't. you should see his bikes. You should see the bikes he built. He's phenomenal. And this is coming from people like Bill Dodge, you know, people that I really respect. And coming from those people, you, of course, I wanted to meet him. So I sent some messages to him through Instagram, and he sent me some pictures. And we, we <laughs> talked a little bit, and I said, you know, dude, I said, your stuff. And he did come to Chopperama with his bike, and I'm like, you're – your, your, your builds are mind blowing. I mean, the thing that I like about Kyle is like, he doesn't know it. He doesn't, I don't, I don't he know. doesn't, he doesn't understand it at all. He doesn't understand it because it's not hard for him. I mean, he <laughs> works hard, Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't have to, he doesn't struggle. Like I couldn't do any of the stuff that he does. Well, and you know, some of the stuff he, he just, he's not an engine guy. I mean, he knows engine mm -hmm. stuff, right? But yep. it's, it's not, it's, it's all the mechanics that make it work and yep. still make it look like it shouldn't. Right, right. And the thing that I loved about him was, was like, oh, I, I love the, the, the gold leaf on it. Who, who did that? Oh, I did that. Like, you know, I, I just did it. I just I, yeah. I'd take a chance and see how it came out. Yeah, oh, he no. did everything. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah he's everything. Like, I, he covered his own seat. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, who did your seat? Oh, I did my seat. Oh, who did that? I did that. Oh. Yeah, and then he's hypercritical of it. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Yeah, Have you yeah. seen any of my shit? Like, I don't even want to show him my stuff. I'm like, no, that's so, cool. You know, We're good. We're good. His bike was the only bike that I shot at Chopperama last year that wasn't a Chopperama builder because that was part of the thing. You know, bring your bike over and I'll shoot. Yeah, it. I'll do. I'll shoot it Michael Lichter style. And and uh, but when I saw when I saw Kyle's bike, I'm like, I got to bring that in and, and take some pictures of it just for my own. Just to have, just especially to have. now that the bike's going to be taken all apart. Yeah. Well, because he brought his dyno over to that show too, though, didn't he? He just he brought um, no, just the the FXR, yeah. the bad company bike. Yeah, yeah bad. Company. Okay, have you seen his dyno? Yeah, I've seen it in pictures. I He's seen crazy. Mm -hmm. I want to build a motor for that for him. I want him to leave the motor here. Just pull the motor out, bring it to me. Yeah. And he doesn't get any input on it. <laughs> like I want to do something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Just just something crazy for him. And he gets it back, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to do that for just because the kid's so cool. Yeah. He yeah. would I think he would appreciate it so much. And I feel like uh he's like water. Like something gets in his way and and he just goes, he, okay. I'm just gonna yeah. go around it and he and it makes it look so artistic. It's like Bruce Lee's head be the water. Yeah, well, so he just kind of finds a way to make it work mm -hmm. and it looks artful when it's done yes. and it works. I mean yeah. he I asked him to come over to to do the podcast. You know, I figured he'd, you know, it's an hour and a half ride for him. Yeah, he shows up on his bike in the in the pouring rain. He's like, "Ah, oh, man, you know, I didn't want to come over here in my truck." You know, yeah. he just he enjoys it. Like he really enjoys mm -hmm. what he's doing. And then during the daytime, he builds like spiral staircases yeah. for some company. You know, yep. he's somebody that should be doing this. Should be doing this. This yep. is what he should be doing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think I th he's got that talent and he's got that charisma and that that youthful energy that I think 
draws people in. They understand his talent and they understand how much of an artist he is. But on top of that, he's got that youthful energy and almost that naivety. Yeah. You know, about everything. Well, I call it the all shucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm like, he doesn't, he doesn't understand the brevity of some of the things that he's already accomplished. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you did what? Yeah. You know, that's a big deal, right? He's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't, I just, I, I don't know any other way. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you're doing things that a lot of people can't do. And there's a lot of people that can do what he does mm -hmm. and they're very arrogant about it. Mm -hmm. And he's not, no, not at all. all. It doesn't have any arrogance at all. Yeah. You know, yep. um, do you shoot motors? Will you shoot motorcycles for people? Like if they're like, Hey, I want to get my bike shot. Yeah. Will you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I do. What that. is the average? Let me just, yep. let's say consumer, mm -hmm. not for a magazine or something like yeah. that. Consumer is going to pay you to, uh, to, to, to do a photo shoot for them. What are, what are they going to spend with you? And right what around, are they going to get? Right around 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to get, it, they're going to get lots it, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, We'll get together, and if it's on location or studio, if I have to rent out a studio, right. um, if they want a specific look, then it might be a little bit more. But um, I mean, we'll I'll cover that bike from front to back, and we'll go to the location that they want to, and set the type of tone. I mean, everybody has a has a they look at their motorcycle as their kid, you know, yeah. and they want their kid taking their pictures taken in the best at, light in the best light at a certain place that you know something that means something to them. And um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do. The freelance stuff like that but i'm usually just so so dang busy with all the other stuff that i don't get a chance to do it gotcha. and, and you know the problem is is when somebody asks me how much it costs it i think it blows their mind because it's they don't understand how much work it goes into it you know uh, 500 just, seems pretty pretty yeah. uh pretty yeah that's right fair yeah that is you know i mean i'm assuming they're going to get some pictures they're going to get a bunch of raw images but they're also going to get a couple that are foot the high high res poster quality yeah, yeah. you know yeah exactly stuff that's good and and you know you anymore you could take that stuff if you paid somebody five hundred dollars to shoot something and then send it to vistaprint and had posters made mm -hmm. you know i mean you could have a, a nice collection of photographs of what you what you have done well and that's the thing is with the technology and printing these days you know um 15 years ago when everything was dipping dunk and wet wet labs <laughs> you had to have everything calibrated and everything had to be just so, so for your picture to come out the way that it was supposed to be. But now everything, although they're called dry labs where everything's done with a computer and the, basically when the print comes out of the printer, it's a dry print. And as long as everything's the way it should be, you're, if you're, if your printer is working correctly at Costco, it should come out as well as it does at Gotcha. Know, some high-end commercial lab out in Los right. Angeles. You know, it's it's the same Epson printer that does them both. You know, yeah. So if you give the people the uh, if you if you give the client a good quality file, they can they can get great prints made anywhere. But I'll usually do the printing for them if they need me to. You know, I'll do posters and whatnot. Right on. So um, I have to invite you. You got to come to our show. You need to come. You need to come to our show on the fifth and sixth here at the RP Funding Center. That's that's in December, right? Yeah. And I think it's the weekend after that me and Jared, I think yep. we're going to Because Jared's California. planning on coming to this show. And then headed he out. said, yeah. Yep. So yeah. we'd love to have you over there. And uh, if you want to bring your camera, you're more than welcome to. That'd be awesome, man. That'd, that'd be awesome. Maybe so, bring my kids with me. And that'd be aw Yeah, there's going to be a big kid zone and stuff, too. We do lots of stuff. That'd be so great. So it's, it's definitely a family a family thing. And we've got uh, Boosted Brad from Death Metal Racing. Uh, Cody Childress is going to be here again from Whoville Speed and Custom. Um 
Bill Dodge was with us last year. Jeff G. Hold is our, our show ambassador for the weekend. Okay. So, I mean, there's lots of good opportunities to, to do things. I appreciate you coming over and doing this. Hey, man, though. I'll come yeah, out absolutely. anytime. You know, you, you call me out of the blue and said, hey, let's talk. And like I said, if it, if it has anything to do with motorcycles and the industry, any of the shows, any of the builders, I'll, I'll talk to my ears. You know, my, my mouth is dry. So, and I'm, I'm only like 25 minutes away. Right on. Cool. Well, um, I guess we'll finish up. Where can people find you? So that, you know, Gears and Glory, Chopperama, yep. pretty much you orbit around Instagram for the most part. Yeah, you know what? I always say if it doesn't happen on Instagram, you probably can't get a hold of me. I mean, I don't, I check my emails like once a month. Right on. And my phone's always off because I'm always taking pictures. So I want to answer the phone while, the, while I'm shooting anyway. So just, just, you know, send me a text message if you have my number. But Instagram is the quickest, fastest way because I'm on. As soon as I get done here, I'll be a, I'll be sitting in my car checking Instagram and Perfect. answering messages and whatnot. But Gears and Glory is the main page, and then Chopperama is it's kind of like Gears and Glory, but it's it's geared more towards the show. And it's you know I like to put things in there that were kind of relevant in the '70s and movie you know uh, stuff from movies back then and music back then and just you know that's that's what that show is all about. Yes. Yeah, you do a good job. 70s of that. And like early I said, 80s. I'm, I'm stoked on it. So. We, we had a great DJ there last year and you know, I told him I was like, play anything from Metallica and kiss to uh, parliament, you nice. know, and, and, and uh, earth, wind and fire and everything in between, you know, just play it all. Cause you know, Bill Dodges, he likes all that. stuff. Oh too, yeah. If you go to his house or his shop and spend some time with him, he's got jazz on and Motown and all I, I'll, I'll catch myself trying to get in a new groove. And that's, yeah. NWA, that's all I do. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. NWA out there. And so, right on. Um, you know, it's, it's very eclectic and that's what I like to do with the show. And then I, I do it to social media for born to ride as well. And, um, sometimes I have crossover on all three platforms, but usually with the three platforms, it's a little bit different for each one. Gotcha. But if you need to get a hold of me, hit me up at gears and glory. I'll, I'll get back to you ASAP. Awesome. And Chopperama is going to be January 21st through the 23rd, 22nd through 24th, 22nd through the 24th. Yep. All right. Yep. And to be announced, the venue is to, to be, be announced. announced. Yep. All right. Yep. And it'll be good. It'll, it, it's going to be, be there. Good, you know, I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to tell everybody about it. it it's kind of, you know, you can have it, vendors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, like I said, the midnight Cobras are coming down from Canada and, and when you get a chance, check out midnight Cobras on their Instagram. They, I will. Um, it's a, it's a group of girls that basically started selling t-shirts a few years ago. Um, her, the, the, the person who founded it, her husband was a mechanic for Harley and they've just made this niche for them, this really cool seventies vibe niche. And, um, they've got a huge following, especially among the, um, the female writer, the female chopper girls, Cool, you know, and they, they're really looked up, <laughs> they're, they're really looked up, you know, that. So yeah. I, you know, I really want to make them a big part of the show. So they're coming down from Canada, all the chopper girls that you can think of, all the Instagram girls that are, you know, that you see with choppers, they're going to be here. So we got the guys, we got the girls and, um, we got a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll have the skateboarders and, and, uh, <laughs> so I appreciate it, man. It's all good, man. Thanks it's much. All, good. all right. Thank you. Listening to the Power Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening. 